Coming up on Transformers University, we'll head to the Swamp of the Scorpion. We'll visit the Desert of Danger. And we'll check out a battle beneath the ice right now. It's Young Corgi on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode number 120 of Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website, the Tour Archive, this podcast, TFU News and Views podcast, and oh, so much more. And I want to welcome you to this episode, not just because it's our 120th episode. Um, not sure that number is really important, but it is 120 episodes. But because I'm recording this on September 2nd, 2022, and that is five years to the day of when I released episode zero of Transformers University, and fourth will be five years since episode one came out. So this is our fifth anniversary. Uh, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for joining me on this ride through the history of Transformers. So uh, if you've been there from the beginning, thank you. If you are just joining for the first time, thank you. If you've left and come back and then left and then come back, uh, thank you as well. And, and of course, if you're one of our Patreon students, uh, I also want to thank you for your support and uh, for helping out the show uh, in any way you can. So uh, to everyone, to everyone who's ever contributed, been on the show, been part of the show, uh, retweeted something I've said. Thank you all for really, really making these last five years a lot of fun. And f because of that, uh, speaking of the Patreon, patreon.com slash TFU info, uh, I've been doing a very fun and unique um, Patreon exclusive podcast. And Later on, I'm going to tell you more about it, and I'm going to play part of one of those episodes for you at the end of the show as a bonus for our fifth anniversary. So with that, what are we talking about today? Well, this time on the program, we're talking about Young Corgi. Uh, this is the series of adventure game books that was available in Europe, very similar to the Find Your Fate Junior books that we had in the U.S., and we've done Young Corgi before. Um, this time around, we're doing uh, two books called uh, Swamp of the Scorpion and Desert of Danger. Both of those are adventure game books. And we'll talk about another young corgi uh, children's, uh, I guess, illustrated novel, illustrated story called Battle Beneath the Ice. So these stories here, uh, especially the adventure game books, are, are very interesting in that they kind of take place in this weird gray area of headmasters but post-1986 characters i don't know if things take place post return of optimus prime which they might uh so i guess but like the stories don't really line up with rebirth um they're they're very interesting to say the least and uh it, it's a fun way to look at this kind of offshoot continuity and once again uh, all the stories we're talking about today are written by Dave Mars, who we've talked about in the past when covering Young Corgi. Uh, the art for Swamp of the Scorpion and our next book, Desert of Danger, are by an artist named uh, Bob Harvey. Oh, Harvey! You're going to tell your friend Harvey! Harvey! He's going to tell Harvey. That's a nice name. I like that. That's a nice name, That's Harvey. a nice name, Harvey. I don't care if you tell Harvey. Go ahead and tell him. Got me mighty scared. I'm shaking a death. 
You better be careful. My friend is even bigger than me. Your friend Harvey is bigger than you? I have a friend Shirley that's bigger than you. Once again, if you're not familiar with these kind of adventure game books, the Choose Your Own Adventures, the Find Your Fate Junior, or these Young Corgi books, essentially they're stories told um, with a bit of participation from the reader in mind. So as the book progresses, as you get from page to page, it doesn't go in a linear fashion. So you will go from uh, to the end of the page and it'll say, turn to page 35 if you're on page two, let's just say. And from page 35, you may be given a series of choices that will allow you to turn to different pages for different things to happen. Uh, sometimes they end out well for you. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they all circle back to the same spot. Point is, is that it's a different read every time. We're going to go over all the possibilities as we go through this book. And this book actually starts with uh, an interesting set of, um, uh, I would call it a preface almost. Uh, it's not part of the book. It's kind of just an introduction to the story. And I'm going to read it for you right now. War on an Alien Planet. War! On the distant planet of Nebulos, groups of heroic Autobots and evil Decepticons have settled binary bonding their powerful bodies to the native Nebulans to create a dynamic new race of hybrid robots. Each can transform for action at lightning speed. Now, the terrible battle between good and evil continues on Nebulos. Skullcruncher and Snapdragon, two of the devious Headmaster Horicons, are plotting to seize the rich oil deposits from beneath the great southern swamplands of Nebulos. Brave Highbrow, the Autobot Headmaster, needs your help to stop them. If you fail, the whole planet could face destruction. So that's a nice little introduction. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a very vague, high-level look at uh, the Autobots and Decepticons on Nebulos. And uh, it actually kind of explains a little bit of what's on the cover of this book, which features Skullcruncher coming out of a swamp with Highbrow flying overhead. Uh, a red sun in the background. This is just a really cool piece of art overall. Uh, I'll post this to the Twitter, and I'll post this cover to a few places, uh, as it is just one to look at for sure. So this book starts out, and you are a young Nebulon, working on an oil rig on Nebulos. Does that sound familiar? I, uh, you know, the 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 relatable organic creature working on an oil rig at the beginning of a Transformers story that never happens. Uh, we find out most of the southern continent of Nebulos is Swampland, and someone is trying to radio the rig. Now, you have two choices here. You can answer or ignore the call. Uh, for purposes of this and uh, previous versions of this kind of episode that we've done, we always go with the first choice until we run out of options, and then we'll circle back and do the other choices. So... Our first choice is to answer, and so we do. And Highbrow is maydaying. Uh, he is sinking in quicksand. Now, do you go alone to help him, or do you gather a group of other Nebulans to go get him? Choosing our first answer, we are going to go alone now. And that uh, you grab a you grab a hover vehicle that is um, something along the lines of a jet ski, and uh, you go and you find Highbrow. Uh, he is almost sunken. Now you have options to hover over him and pull, uh, fetch the end of some creepers, which are, I guess, pieces of uh, foliage, to try to grab him, or do you push a log out to him so he can haul himself free? 
Now, if you choose to hover over him, the jets are not powerful enough to pull him out. And then you get the options as above to uh, use the creepers or get a log. Uh, if you use the creepers, uh, just like the previous option, uh, Highbrow pulls himself out and transforms. Uh, if you use the log in this instance, um, you took too damn long and, uh, <laughs> and Highbrow dies. However, if you had initially used the log, because uh, that's the only other option here uh, that we hadn't explored, uh, you still end up at page 64, and uh, you're there to uh, pull out Highbrow, and he transforms. Now, Highbrow, in any of those instances, uh, thanks you for, or thanks you. He tells you he needs your help. So what happens when he needs your help? Um, you have the option to... Uh, help him, ask him how he got stuck, or uh, ask him why he is here. Now, if you decide to help him, he has uh, four items for you to use, but you can take only one. You have the option to take a radio transmitter, which uh, is a radio transmitter, a transformer detector, an electronic circuit jammer, or a laser cannon. Now, ultimately, all four of these options will land you in the same place initially, or, or you can also choose to not take anything. All of these land you on page 70. Uh, so we can talk about what these items are. The radio transmitter is atomic-powered and uh, needs lead shielding but can contact Highbrow. The transformer detector will display if there's a transformer nearby and what faction it is. The electronic circuit jammer will mold lock a transformer, and the laser cannon uh, is a weapon the size of a bazooka. Now, Hybrow explains uh, the Decepticons are nearby, real nearby, and uh, also explains that Brainstorm uh, is injured and he sent Grot, which I think is a, a, a misspelling uh, of, of Gort, Hybrow's headmaster, along with Arcana to repair Brainstorm. So Highbrow doesn't have his headmaster with him. Uh, Arcana did build a new head for Highbrow, and Highbrow also uses the term Gestalt, uh, which might be the first time in official Transformers fiction where uh, the term Gestalt has been used. But you, you're going to be his sidekick. Now, uh, you can let Highbrow take through the air while you follow on foot. Uh, you can both you go to the air, or you can explore the swamp on foot. Now, taking that first option of exploring on foot, he transforms, and you guys end up splitting up. While you're there, you hear a hovercar, and this is where some of the equipment that you uh, you took comes into play. Uh, if you have the radio, you can call Highbrow, and uh, he'll come on his way, and you see two nebulans exit the car. One is about to shoot you as you turn to page 54. Here, Highbrow drops Rainmaker pellets on them, uh, but you collapse. Highbrow lands and checked on the knocked out Nebulans, and it turns out they are Lord Zarek and Krunk. Highbrow repairs the hovercar, ties up Lord Zarek and Krunk, and heads to the city. Grax greets you at the city with Snapdragon and Skullcruncher. And you ram your car into Grax. Highbrow then fights the Decepticons. Lord Zarek and Krunk flee. Lord Zarek calls for Scorponok 
and the city transforms. Now, you have some options here. If you have the laser cannon, you can uh, choose to use that. You can choose to use the magnetic pistol, or you can choose to use neither. Now, if you use the uh, laser cannon, you have an option to either shoot Scorponok or shoot Snapdragon. If you shoot Scorponok, the shot is deflected, and Scorponok crushes you in his pinchers, and you die. The end. Now, if you shoot at Snapdragon, Snapdragon takes a shot to the face. Uh, he misfires his gyro cannon into Scorponok. Scorponok falls onto Skullcruncher. Highbrow punches out Snapdragon. The Decepticons are captured, and Highbrow takes you to the oil rig. You win the end. Now, if you had the magnetic pistol, uh, you would use that on Scorponok and Snapdragon, fusing them together, and Highbrow would defeat Skullcruncher. The Decepticons would be captured again. Once again, the same ending. Uh, Highbrow takes you to the oil rig, and you win. Now, if you had neither, you run to Highbrow to get help but you get crushed by Scorponok's Pincher, the end. All right, so that is one where you end up with three endings. Let's go back and check on some of those other options. So circling back, through, that was all if you used the radio. Now, if you had the laser, Lord Zarek and Krunk would end up seeing you, and they'd try to run you over. You would fire at them, their car would crash, and uh, we would circle back to the point where Highbrow runs to check out the knocked-out Nebulans. Now, if you had uh, neither the radio nor the laser, uh, you would decide to hide. And you would find some ruins. And your choices here are to hide in the ruins or not hide in the ruins. If you choose to hide in the ruins, the car passes you where you see the two Nebulans inside. But then you hear walking inside of the ruins. Do you investigate or do you leave? If you choose to investigate, you hear this moaning. It's louder and deeper in the ruins. You can run back to the entrance. You can use the radio to call for highbrow or you can keep going in. Now, if you decide to run out, uh, you go back to your choice to uh, leave, uh, like we mentioned before. Uh, you would find a purple and... Uh, green metal city you would enter it and then you would ask highbrow to join you inside the city they would ask uh the book asked you if highbrow gave you the transformer detector if the answer is yes uh then you find out the city is called scorponok and you call highbrow once again for help uh this would be the same point you would get to if you had called highbrow to help you uh, previously when you left you would spot Scorponok and Skullcruncher, Snapdragon and Grax. Highbrow would enter the battle, and this is uh, back at the scene where Highbrow fights the uh, Decepticons and Lord Zarek and Krunk flee. Now, if you did not get the Transformer Detector, uh, you would find a control room uh, with controls marked Transform Sequence, Manual Override. Um, no, it doesn't say Convert Sequence. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, and you have options here. You have an option to uh, press press a button uh, to do that. You would uh, you have an option to radio highbrow. Uh, you have an option to uh, use the circuit jammer, and you have the option to leave once again. Now, working through these, 
uh, if you chose the option to leave, uh, you end up back with uh, where you find out the, uh, just after you found out the city is called Scorponok, you would spot Scorponok and Skullcruncher, and then Highbrow would enter the battle, etc., etc. Now, if you press the transform button, uh, Scorponok transforms, and you are crushed and killed! The end! If you radio Highbrow, Highbrow tells you uh, not to use the manual override and to get the heck out of there. Pork chop sandwiches! Oh, sh Get the f*** out of here! What are you doing? Go! Get the f*** out of here, you stupid idiot! Uh, which leads you back to uh, the part where you spot Scorponok and Skull, Cruncher, a Snapdragon and Grax, and the battle ensues. Finally, if you use the Circuit Jammer, uh, you leave the circuit jammer under a control panel. So you meet Highbrow and you are surrounded. Uh, now, if you don't have the magnetic pistol, uh, you're left with the choice of Highbrow shooting either Snapdragon or Skull Cruncher. If you choose for Highbrow to shoot Snapdragon, he lands the shot, but Skull Cruncher shoots Highbrow. Both Decepticons then close in on you, and that is your ending. If you choose for Highbrow to shoot Skull Cruncher, he will miss. Um, but then he will fire back and Highbrow will dodge and Skull Cruncher will accidentally shoot Snapdragon. Then Highbrow will defeat Skull Cruncher and the Autobots will win. And from there you'll end up back where the Decepticons are captured. Highbrow takes you to your oil rig and you win the end. So let's circle back to some of our other options here. As we still have a few left we have not explored. Now we have to go all the way back to where we heard uh, the loud moaning in the ruins. Now we had the options of uh, running back to the entrance, which we did. Uh, we have the option to uh, radio highbrow, uh, which we did not do or the option to go further in. Now, if you use try to use your radio for highbrow, you find out that the radio isn't working and you have to go in, which takes you back to the same place you would be if you had just gone straight in. Uh, there, you encounter a giant spider. Now, if you have the laser cannon, you can use it. Uh, you can choose to dodge the spider or you can choose to leave. Now, if you choose the laser cannon and shoot at the spider, you find out that the spider was a hologram. Uh, and you end up finding a magnetic pistol. If you decide to exit, uh, you flee, and all of these things leave you back to where you go back outside and find a, uh, a purple and green metal city, and that's where you ask Hybrow to join you, and the adventure continues from there. Now, if we circle back to the uh, fight between Hybrow and, and the Decepticons, we've mentioned the laser cannon, we've mentioned the magnetic pistol, what we didn't mention is if you use neither, uh, you run to help Highbrow, and then Scorponok catches you and crushes you in his pincher. Now let's go back to where we met Highbrow and we had to explore. Uh, we, we did a, what happened if you explored on foot. Now, if we both go to the air, uh, we find out we can't see much, and we can either split up or go both on the land. So if you split up, you end up back where uh, you first see the hover car. And if you go both to land, you end up on the same place as if you had chosen uh, Explore the Swamp on foot. Uh, you go together, and you find a Decepticon city that is purple and green, and you end up at that point in the story. 
Now, going all the way back to when you first meet Highbrow, um, you had your options to ask uh, to decide to help him, uh, ask how he got stuck, or ask why he was here. Now, if you had chosen how he got stuck, it kind of splits off into the other answers. Um, he says he lost his balance, and you can choose to help him, which would be the same course of action if you had chose to help him originally. If you ask why he was here, um, you would find out the Decepticons want oil, and you can choose to help him, or you can choose not to help him. Um, so you, you have the option to choose not to help him in both of these instances, and that takes you to page 30. And now on page 30, Highbrow congratulates you on uh, your bravery in helping him, and uh, he flies out of the swamp and heads on his way. As you're walking, you see a car with Lord Zarek and Krunk, and it approaches. Um, and it tries to run you over. Uh, you have two choices here. You can, as the car is approaching, you can dodge it, or you can fall flat and see if the car drives over you, because it is a hover car. If you try to dodge it, you get run over and killed. The end. If you fall flat, the car drives over you, uh, and they think you're dead. And then Highbrow comes and checks on you. And there you go through the options as if uh, you had decided to explore the swamp on foot. Now, finally, uh, circling all the way back to some of the earlier choices here, uh, back to where you got, where you got radioed. Uh, if you had answered the radio uh, and chosen to gather a group, uh, you would see some weird art of three nebulans uh, that you would try to enlist in helping you. Um, they would kind of not want to help you, and you can choose to uh, uh, go alone or badger them. If you go alone, the story progresses if you'd gone alone originally. Uh, and we'll get to what happens if you badger them, because, uh, I know, if you decide to badger them, um, you you get them to go. Uh, but there's no sign of highbrow, just bubbles in the quicksand. You were too late because they took too long, and highbrow dies. The end. Now, if you had decided to ignore the radio call, uh, you find out that Klaz, a co-worker of yours, is sick, and you are told to cover for him. You hear some noise in uh, one of the storerooms, and you think someone is snacking, and you have the option to either alert others or uh, go check on the supply room. And we're going to go a little out of order here. We're going to choose to go check on the supply room. Uh, by the time you get there, the intruders are gone. And uh, you raise the alarm, but they are gone. The end. Now, if you try to alert others, uh, you go outside and you see a helicopter with searchlights and no pilot. Highbrow introduces himself. Uh, and then uh, you find out that three crates of trilithium crystals are missing. You have the option to either go with Highbrow or stay at work. Now, if you decide to go with Highbrow, this takes you back to the point where Highbrow gives you a choice of one item to take. If you decide to stay at work, Highbrow leaves, and you'll probably get in trouble. The end. And that are all the options for Swamp of the Scorpion. I know it's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to cover. It's a lot to unpack. I do want to talk a little bit about the weird art of the Nebulans on page 23. Um, they are robotic people in this. They, they're not binary bonded people. They're just people who work at the oil rig. Uh, they have helmets, they have metal clothes on, unless they are metal people or metal clothing un under the people um, or on top of their, their human forms. Uh, it's a very bizarre look in this one for the Nebulans who are just chilling out playing cards. 
but there, there you go. That is Swamp of the Scorpion. Next up, we will talk Desert of Danger right after this. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. All right, now on to Desert of Danger. This one features Weird Wolf on the cover. Uh, he is walking through, I guess, a desert. Looks kind of muddy, but uh, it's a pretty cool uh, toy art of Weird Wolf. Once again, the preface uh, starts out the same on Distant Planet and Nebulous. Groups of auto heroic Autobots and evil Decepticons have settled by rebounding their powerful bodies, etc., etc. Uh, the second paragraph is a little different. Target Master Hot Rod and his Nebulon companion, Professor Sparks, uh, suspect that a group of Decepticons led by the fearsome Skull Cruncher have a cunning plan to form an invincible Decepticon army on Nebulos. With your help, Will Hot Rod be in time to thwart the air evil scheme? It's really important here that we talk a little bit about one. It's Hot Rod, not Rodimus Prime, even though it's post-movie, right? So that means uh, this is most likely post-Return of Optimus Prime, potentially post-Rebirth, maybe? Uh, or just on its own weird splinter continuity because we're using the name Sparks, which is the original uh, name for Firebolt. Hot Rod's uh, Target Master Partners. Sparks uh, has been used in a couple places. I believe we, we saw it in the Marvel uh, Transformers Headmasters comic that we covered a couple episodes back. Um, so this was the working name for Firebolt. And uh, Professor Sparks is uh, almost a different character in the sense, right? Because uh, do we know he was a professor? Uh, there's some interesting stuff here as we continue on with this story. So let's start. You are the co-pilot on an interstellar courier. You're hanging out with a pilot named Harry. Need some help? A job to do? Just say the word, I'm here for you. Pilot! <laughs> and you land on Nebulos uh, with some stuff to deliver. Uh, you have you can deliver some uh, computer discs for Professor Sparks. Uh, you can deliver some weird sports car uh, with flames on it, or uh, you can deliver some Syrian S I R I A N brandy uh, to a nightclub called the Wolf at the Door. Now, if you uh, choose to deliver the computer discs, you find out that the car is also addressed to Professor Sparks, and you can choose to either deliver both or deliver the brandy. If you chose to deliver both, you end up in the same spot you would 
if you had chosen to deliver the sports car with flames. Uh, there's a loose plank on the crate, and you look in, and you see a blinking light in the car. And you press the button. The car transforms into Hot Rod, and Hot Rod tells you that he flew freight uh, because it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, Hot Rod did not want to get on a uh, up interstellar vehicle himself. The Autobots couldn't, uh, you know, uh, expense that form, so he went freight. Um, this is a very funny way of, of making Hot Rod part of the story for me. It also feels very, even though this took place way before, uh, this feels like uh, some of the groundwork for IDW Rodimus in a lot of ways. He is going to deliver those discs to Professor Sparks, and he invites you to come along. Uh, you can choose to either go with Hot Rod or explain to him that you have other deliveries to do. Now, if you go with Hot Rod, he transforms, you get in, and uh, he warns you about his driving. Now, I drive real f***ing fast, so keep up. You arrive at Professor Sparks' lab, and, and he welcomes you. He starts talking about uh, the difference between Earth and Nebulan sand. Now, you can choose to ask Professor Sparks about his research. Uh, you can ask him about the Autobot and Decepticons war, or you can decide that all of this is a none of your business. Now, if you ask him about his research, Sparks will tell you about this uh, reflector that he has in his lab that is reflecting light from a laser in orbit. Hot Rod gets bored and impatient and wants to go into town. Now, if you choose to go into town, you can choose uh, to hear more about Professor Sparks's experiment, or... Uh, you can ask the uh, about the Autobot and Decepticon War. Now, we're going to work a little bit in a different order here because some of these things circle back. Um, if you had decide, if you decide to ask about the Autobots and Decepticon War, uh, just as the previous choice of asking about this, uh, Hot Rod would tell you about uh, Cybertron and the Ark, and he would also tell you that it happened long before I was Matrixed. Uh, it's an interesting way of of going through transformer creation because uh, that creates a creation matrix kind of thing. Um, but it doesn't use uh, vector sigma or some of the things established in the cartoon. Uh, he also tells of the nebulance and binary bonding. Uh, if you had chosen to learn more about professor sparks's experiments, sparks would then demo the reflector for you. All of these lead to you going into town as does the previous choice of uh, this being none of your business. As you're heading into the town, um, you see a meteor off in the distance and it crashes. Um, and you guys decide to go into town to a uh, nightclub. Now, you're, you're left with um, less of a choice and more of a consequence uh, here. Uh, if you delivered the brandy, there's one set of outcomes. But if you did not, which we did not, uh, there's a separate set of outcomes. So let's start with not delivering the brandy. Uh, you head back to the spaceport and you go get the brandy. Uh, and you head out to the club. Uh, you head down the cellar steps to deliver and you notice something white uh, gleaming. You can choose to investigate or you can choose to rejoin Hot Rod. Uh, if you choose to investigate, you find that the white gleam is gnawed human bones. And uh, you race to the club to find Hot Rod and Sparks. Uh, the music is loud. Uh, and a Nebulon hears you complain about the loud music. 
and he is not happy about it. Uh, he tells you they don't serve humans here, uh, and his name is Monzo, and he is the club owner, and you all decide to leave. Hot Rod then transforms, and uh, you're left with the choice to tell Hot Rod about what you found in the cellar, uh, the human bones. If you do, uh, they plan to sneak you back in and hide uh, after the bar is closed so you can snoop around. If you decide that, you can go yes or no. If you decide to sneak into the bar, uh, you wait and you let Hot Rod and Sparks uh, in after the bar is closed. Together, you sneak into the cellar and spot Weird Wolf, Monzo, and Vorath. Weird Wolf had returned from the desert with a cylinder that had fallen from the sky, that meteor you saw earlier. Uh, he had to kill a space pilot who had seen it. Oh my goodness, Harry? Pilot! <laughs> and they leave. Now, you can look at the cylinder, or you can decide to leave. If you look at the cylinder, Hot Rod um, sees attack squad robots in the cylinder. So they're kind of like floating in goo, these attack squad robots. And you find out they're like super dangerous, non-sentient uh, Decepticon robots. Kind of like uh, Cobra Bats almost. Um, he's deactivated and floating in these chemicals. Uh, there are two advanced models here, one with lasers and one with atomic-powered batteries. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. You can choose to open the cylinder. Um, you can choose to look at the brandy a little closer, or you can choose to leave. Now, if you choose to open the cylinder, the liquid changes from uh, freezing to boiling as you open it. Um, it hits Hot Rod, but it hits you and you die. <laughs> now, if you choose to look at the brandy, you find out that it's not actually brandy. It's a chemical to help wake the ASGs, the uh, ASRs, the attack squad robots. Uh, from there, you decide to leave. Now, if you've chosen to leave, you end up at this spot as well. Hot Rod drops you back at your spaceship. You go to sleep. Uh, when you wake up the next morning, the Nebulan police are at your door telling you that Harry is dead. Pilot! <laughs> and you go to Professor Sparks' lab. Now, as we head to Professor Sparks' lab, we do find out there was a treaty on Nebulos between the Autobots and Decepticons. No reinforcements allowed. Bots and cons only, as long as they have a Nebulon partner. So it's basically like uh, the Transformers can be there, but only if they have an adult. The ASRs, uh, they're the only way for the Decepticons to then build an army. Suddenly, two sinister robots enter the lab. And outside, Mindwipe, Skullcruncher, and Weirdwolf surround the base. Sparks raises the defenses. Now, has Sparks told you about the parabolic reflector, or has he not? Well, if he has told you about the parabolic reflector, uh, you suggest to use it on Mindwipe to make him hypnotize himself, and the fight continues. From here, you can choose to either you help Hot Rod with the, uh, the ASRs, which are the two sinister robots that had snuck into the lab, or fight Skullcruncher on your own you help Hot Rod, it turns out Hot Rod can handle the ASRs, and you just get in the way, and you get killed by an ASR laser. Now, if you fight Skullcruncher, Skullcruncher will lunder towards a hover jeep. You jump in and start the engine. You drive the hover jeep at Skullcruncher. It explodes, knocking him back, and Weird Wolf arrives. Now, you can choose to run, or you can wait for Hot Rod and Sparks to arrive. 
If you choose to run, Weirdwolf catches you and eats you. The end. Now, if you wait for Hot Rod and Sparks to show up, uh, Hot Rod will point Sparks at Monzo. Monzo will surrender uh, with Weirdwolf. Cup and Blur will arrive for the captives, and you need to find out the Decepticons will be returned because of the truce. Hot Rod then takes you to your ship where you find Harry. Pilot! <laughs> Harry was out drinking all night with an old buddy, and it uh, turns out he had lost his jacket in the desert. So it wasn't him that was killed. It was probably his old buddy. And you get ready to head back to Earth. The end. All right, so that is a bunch of endings. Let's circle back to some of the choices we didn't take. If you had chosen no uh, for uh, when you were asked if Sparks had told you about the parabolic reflector, uh, Sparks would fire his missiles at Skullcruncher and then order you to take out Mindwipe. From there, you would end up fighting Skullcruncher and doing the whole hover jeep thing, and that's where those options would lead. Now, if we go back to where we were in the bar and had found the cylinder um, with the ASRs in it, if we had chosen to not look in the cylinder and just leave, Hot Rod and Sparks would take you to your ship, you would go to sleep, the police would wake you. Uh, it's funny because this is a separate telling of the same portion of that story where you find out Harry is dead. Uh, then you would hitch a ride to Sparks' lab uh, and no one would be there. So you can either choose to uh, look in the abandoned mines for Hot Rod and Sparks, head back to the nightclub, or search the desert a little more. Tell them to comb the desert, do you hear me? Comb the desert! you find out they're not there. So you can choose then to either go to uh, the abandoned mines or check out the nightclub. So at the abandoned mines, you would find a footprint at footprints at the mines, uh, but no answers. And you can choose to either go in or look around outside. If you go in, someone finds you. We can find Hot Rod rescuing you. Uh, and you escape through uh, into a tunnel, and there's a fork in the tunnel. You can go right, or you can go left. If you go left, Mindwipe captures you, the end. If you go right, um, you flee the Decepticons and head into Sparks' lab. And at Sparks' lab, this is where we would pick up about the treaty between the Autobots and the Decepticons. If you decided to look around the mine, uh, you would deduce that there are multiple sets of footprints. Uh, heading into the mine. So there would, that's where you conclude that it must be Decepticons. Uh, so maybe you go to the club and find Hot Rod. Now, if you go to the club, uh, Hot Rod and Sparks are captured. Uh, Vorath and Monzo have stolen their energy. They are dying. And you can choose to either plug them in or not plug them in. Uh, if you choose to plug them into the power on the wall, uh, you end up electrocuting yourself and you die. If you choose to not plug them in right away, but plug the cable in with the power off and then turn it on, uh, you have to choose who you're going to power up first, Sparks or Hot Rod. If you choose to power up Hot Rod first, it takes too long to recharge. Monzo and Weird Wolf return. Uh, you are vaporized. The end. Now, if you had chosen to recharge Sparks first, 
he will recharge faster. He will then transform into his electrostatic rifle mode, shoot Hot Rod, and charge him faster. Hot Rod would then destroy the energy draining machine. You'd head back to Sparks' lab and learn about the treaty between the Autobots and Decepticons on Nebulos. Okay, so that's a whole bunch of ones that we've wrapped up here. Now, if you had chosen to look for Sparks and Hot Rod at the club, uh, that would take you to the point where you're finding them in the energy draining machine. Circling back even further, uh, if you had chosen to uh, not sneak into the club, Hot Rod and Sparks would take you back to your ship, and you would go to sleep, and the police would arrive and tell you about dead Harry. So that's a third instance, third separately written instance of the police telling you about Harry, you don't end up on the same page here. It's very bizarre for one of these books to have the same part of the story told to you, um, essentially three different ways. From there, you would hitch a ride to Sparks' lab uh, and not find Hot Rod or Sparks. Now, circling back to a few of the other choices, if you had chosen not to tell Hot Rod about the cellar, um, this would take you to the same part where Hot Rod and Sparks would take you back to your ship. If... Um, you had not chosen to look at the white gleaming thing in the cellar and chose to rejoin Hot Rod. Um, you would rejoin Hot Rod and Sparks. You would complain about the loud music in a separate part of the story. And then you would end up with Monzo uh, throwing you out of the club. Now, before I get too far back, I do want to say that if you had already delivered the brandy, and we'll get into that, um, just so we know what the choice is here, because they kind of jump pretty straight ahead. Um... You tell Hot Rod that you don't really trust the club owner, who we know is Monzo. Um, and then you get to the club and complain about the loud music in another separate page of story. And then you will jump to Monzo throwing you out of the bar. So again, another point in the story where three uh, separate instances where the same thing you do is told in three different ways. Now, going all the way back, to where you uh, are invited by Hot Rod to deliver the disc. If you explain you have other deliveries to do, Hot Rod will then uh, convert and leave, and they will ask you if you've delivered the brandy. You have two options here. Um, you can say no, and you can go deliver the brandy, or you can say no and go to sleep. If you decide no and go to sleep, the police show up, and tell you about dead Harry. I think this is a fourth. This is a fourth instance. This is a fourth instance. The police telling you about dead Harry. And you go to Sparks' lab. You find the hover jeep. And you take the hover jeep. And this will lead you to the mine. Now if you. Uh, say no. And deliver the brandy. Uh, you send. You go to the cellar. Uh, and then. Uh, you can either investigate the cellar or not investigate the cellar, which then leads to the things that you would have done uh, later in the story. Now, going all the way back to our first choice of uh, do you deliver the brandy at all off the top? So if you do deliver the Syrian brandy to the uh, Wolf of the Door nightclub, um, you end up meeting a gruff and strong Nebulon named Monzo. Uh, he appears to be hiding something in the cellar. You could choose to leave or you can choose to sneak by him. If you choose to leave, you... Uh, you end up meeting Hot Rod outside. Uh, you can go with him, which is the same as when he converts and tells you to get in so you can deliver and then tells you about his terrible driving. Uh, if you decide to go back to work, uh, you're back to work uh, where Hot Rod left you off. 
Now, if you had decided to sneak him by him, you would tell him that you are helping him with his lights, uh, and then Monzo would catch you and throw you out, and you would then go back to work. And that is all of the options for Desert of Danger. I really liked this one. I didn't think I was going to. Um, the cover is kind of uh, not interesting. Uh, the art is very toyetic, uh, much like a lot of these books. Um, there's nothing really that stands out to me as far as the art goes. A lot of shots of hot rods, some shots of sparks. Um, but there's nothing interesting or weird. It's just a lot of robot mode and a lot of vehicle mode. Uh, and there's not really anything that really jumps out at me uh, from reading this book. There's nothing I made a note about, put it that way. Um, but the story itself is kind of cool. Um, it's a little dark for a Transformer story. Uh, the, you know, the 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 red herring of dead Harry in the desert and turns out to be his friend, most likely. Uh, the human bones. Uh, this is this is kind of almost a, a, a this is a good mystery in a lot of ways and a good horror story. Um, there's some neat things uh, laid out here. The truce between the Autobots and Decepticons is a it's an interesting touch to the Nebulon story. Um, the ASRs as a way to army build on Nebulos is a is a nice. Uh, Dodge by the Decepticons. This one, honestly, is probably one of the better, if not the best, choose-your-own-adventure-style Transformers book I've read. And uh, this one was a lot of fun. So with that, that is actually the final kind of book uh, that I know of, at least in G1, for sure, of of the choose-your-own-adventure-style books. We did all nine of the U.S. books, and I think there are... Uh, or six or let's see they have the list at the front of this one uh one two three four one two three four five six we've done six uh for europe and uh there's only one other story it's a full color storybook with a color with a u uh also by dave morris and that is called battle beneath the ice with art by nick spender now nick spender uh, is a Scottish artist. Uh, he is still alive and still working today. He's a freelance illustrator. This is one of his earliest uh, jobs uh, going by his LinkedIn page. Uh, he has been working since the mid-80s, and, and so this would have come out shortly after he had started his career. Uh, the art here is very toyotic. I mean, it features Hot Rod and some of the aerial bots. Skydive and Slingshot are seen in vehicle mode, and when they are turning in flight, in a lot of the images, uh, you see the robot head underneath you. It looks like someone is just holding the toy up in the air, uh, which is kind of cool. So the story here is that you're, it's about a bunch, couple of kids uh, and uh, their dad, and they work on a, uh, Arctic, an Antarctic uh, ship uh, exploring. Uh, there's a drilling team, and the dad is uh, discovering something. One of the kids' dads is, is out discovering something. Uh, the kids hop on a troop carrier airplane, which also has a fiery sports car in a crate flying freight because it's cheaper um, <laughs> in it. Uh, the kids meet a hot rod, and they recognize him from TV. And one of the kids breaks out his futuristic future watch, uh, which has a video of hot rod uh, running away from the battle chargers, uh, run amok and run about. Uh, and there's some art of run a, the black one uh, in here. But it turns out uh, the recording of that chase is uh, accidentally recorded over by uh, Jeff, the little kid, uh, taping the Gus Gopher show, um, which is a kid's show, and there's a cartoon uh, gopher and a cartoon rabbit. Pilot! <laughs> And Hot Rod's like, it's cool. Let's just let's just watch cartoons. 
And uh, as they're doing that, the plane gets shot down. Um, plane gets shot down and crashes. And almost everyone on the plane dies except for these kids and I think one other person that's with them. And as the plane is shot down, they meet um, three really weird-looking aliens. Uh, they are. They look like humans, uh, but they have shaved heads. They look like the Blue Man Group uh, without the blue. And um, they are just uh, th three dudes dressed like Steve Jobs in all black uh, with shaved heads. And they are in these hover things, and they take the kids and Hot Rod and the friend uh, down to the the adult friend down to the base and this must be the thing that um, the discovery that they found and so it turns out these aliens have been uh, observing the human race for a long time they appear to be um, they appear to be helpful <laughs> and uh, scientific they are not uh, giving off anything they say they they are not able to fight or uh, they don't know anything about war. And, and so this is the rough story. We turn, it turns out these aliens are, uh, have a nefarious plan. It also turns out that uh, one of the humans is working with them. Uh, and there is a, a machine here that can create uh, just about anything. Uh, There's a holographic machine that can create the semblance of Earth. Um, oh, and one of these uh, guys is named The Watcher, uh, much like the Marvel comics The Watcher. And during this, we find out that Ravage has been spying. Uh, Hot Rod goes to shoot Ravage, but accidentally shoots one of the alien guides, and uh, he dies. Um, and Hot Rod's confused because he's like, my lasers only affect other robots, not organics. And turns out that the aliens are actually robots uh, in disguise. And they've been lying to the Autobots uh, and the humans because they want to study them to learn their ways of war and encode it into their robotic brains. Uh, the human guide is actually working with the aliens. I know I'm being very rough with my uh, notes here. I didn't really take detailed notes when I read it, uh, so I'm kind of looking through the story as I go. Um, but really, this one's worth a read. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, so what happens here is that outside, uh, two aerobots, Scott Evans, Slingshot, are fighting with Vortex. Inside, uh, the humans and the Autobots and Ravage team up to fight off this alien race of robots. Um, they overtake the Watcher's control panel. And so with the Autobots and Decepticon team up, uh, the human Jeff and Ravage figure out a way to defeat the Steve Jobs aliens. They hack their computer uh, with Ravage and... <laughs> And play the tape of the Gus Gopher cartoon show into the alien robots programming. Uh, which they then start acting like cartoon characters. Including tweaking each other's noses. And uh, saying things like zone out buddy boy. Uh, in high pitched voices. And um, <laughs> uh, they were all acting like cartoon characters. And so they start fighting each other and whacking each other over the head. And doing silly things. And that's how the Autobots and Ravage and the humans escape. Uh, global domination by these uh, crazy aliens. Uh, <laughs> it is a, uh, a strange tale, to say the least. Um, it is one worth checking out. It, it is a fun read, <laughs> just because of the wackiness. The art is really good. Um, the, the toy art, the art of the characters is very toyetic. 
Um, but it, it's very 80s looking and a lot of fun. So do check that out. Now, before we wrap things up, I got one more one more thing for you to check out. And I want you to check this out. Um, as we are celebrating our fifth year of Transformers University, uh, one of the things I've launched on the Patreon for our junior and up subscribers over there uh, is an exclusive podcast called Seven Figures. Now, what is it? One day I would love to be making seven figures. I think you would too. Uh, but until then... Uh, we're just going to talk about some toys because if I made seven figures, I would certainly buy a lot more toys and I buy a lot of toys now. Um, but I've been behind on opening them. So, um, in an effort to get things open, I'm trying to open a toy a day. And in doing that, I've been able to do this podcast where I go over what I've opened for the week. Sometimes they're themed. Uh, sometimes they're just random. Um, it is not always transformers. Sometimes it is GI Joe and masters of the universe thrown in with transformers content. Um, but here, here is a listen to uh, part of one of those episodes, or actually maybe even all of one of those episodes of Seven Figures. This one's exclusive to our Patreon uh, subscribers, but it's free for you to hear right now. Check it out. Hello, my students, and welcome to episode number six of Seven Figures. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner-operator Madman behind TFU.info, and I want to thank you for supporting this Patreon and being a part of this Patreon-exclusive podcast. If you listened last episode, uh, it was our fan vote episode. Uh, we did Diaclone recolors and uh, things inspired by uh, alternate looks for G1 uh, cars. This time around, I, I decided to put together another thematic episode. Uh, it wasn't in the vote, but I, I really liked this one. Um, because I do have such a backlog of stuff that I wanted to do uh, just an entire run of one character. And so, with that, we are going to be talking about everyone's favorite Decepticon traitor. <laughs> um, actually, he's not really a troll. Well, I guess he's a traitor to Megatron. And we are talking about Starscream. As I like to call a group of Starscreams, uh, if you have a murderer of crows, you have a flock of geese. Uh, I like to refer to it as a betrayal of Starscream. So we will talk about uh, seven different Starscream figures in this episode. And normally I run through which seven uh, I'm going to talk about. You probably see it from the uh, attached image that comes with this uh, picture if you want to sneak ahead. But instead of running through them one by one uh, and telling you what I'm going to cover, we're just going to talk about them this time around and see if that works a little better. Uh, maybe it leaves a few things to the imagination. Maybe there's a few surprises down the line. Who knows? Uh, in any event, we are talking about a betrayal of Starscreams. And the first up on this list is Golden Lagoon Starscream. Uh, this is a Japanese exclusive figure from shortly after the Combiner Wars uh, era of figure. Uh, it is the Combiner Wars, I want to say... It's not Air Raid. It's Skydive. Uh, it's the Combiner Wars Seeker Mold, actually, that appeared in the uh, Grand Galvatron set uh, as the Ghost of Starscream. And this is a Golden Lagoon figure uh, that I, they were on uh, Hasbro's... Actually, they were up on Hasbro Pulse for a while. And then they ended up on Hasbro Toy Shop's eBay page, which I really think is Hasbro Pulse's eBay page. And they were on sale probably the end of 2021. Um 
So I remember getting him relatively cheap, uh, but I really wanted him. <laughs> and uh, I'm a sucker for shiny figures. I'm a sucker for clear figures. I think you all know that. Um, and this is the Seeker Mold version of this toy in entirely gold plastic and gold chrome. I mean, this thing is an explosion waiting to happen. Uh, if any toy was a ticking time bomb, this is the one because it has the incredible mix of gold plastic and chromed parts. Uh, that said, it is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it is really pretty. Do this is the first time I've seen like a Golden Lagoon figure from that series. And I do have another uh, three pack of those that I have to go through uh, that you'll hear about on the show one day soon. Uh, but... Uh, before we talk about like those, this is the first one I've opened. I don't have the MP10 version, uh, just a little too rich for my blood on that one. But this is really neat uh, as far as figure. I'm not going to transform him all that much. I might try to turn him into a limb at some point. Fortunately, the connector piece is not chromed. It is gold, um, which kind of makes him G2 slingshot in some ways, too. I should probably put him on the G2 Superior and see how that looks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, that said, he's really cool looking. Uh, he's got a, a different hand foot gun than I'm used to. It's, it's got a, a weird panel on the back that removes, and I'm not entirely sure why. Um, I actually, oh, I know why, because this is one of the Titans. Uh, it's one of the Power of the Primes uh, hand foot guns that would fit one of those uh, little Power Master pieces they had. So interesting that it's not a, a Combiner Wars piece. That said, uh, really pretty figure, really pretty in both modes, and definitely worth uh, hunting down if you still can. Um, it's kind of neat. I, I, I'm in retrospect, I'm I'm in that point. I think, and I think a lot of collectors are looking at the prices of things. Uh, in that point of maybe going back and revisiting Combiner Wars and filling in the gaps of things I've missed, which are mostly Japanese versions, um, and and that's not even counting like. The idea of going and doing duplicates of the American stuff, but just the Japanese only characters and only uh, paint jobs. Uh, there's there's quite a few to be had, and I, I skipped out on just about all of them. I did score Megatronus and uh, and a Grand Galvatron way before the spike in, in prices, but um, far enough back that they were still. Not cheap. <laughs> I used an eBay coupon for one, actually. For one. I'm trying to remember. They did something like 100 bucks off any purchase or something like that. They did some ridiculous coupon back in like 2019, and I totally used it to get uh, Megatronus or Grand Galvatron, one or the other. So that said, a uh, great toy from a, a fantastic line, and I am really excited to have that as part of my collection. All right, up next is... More recent figure, one you could find very easily in stores right now, and that is Studio Series 86 Leader Class Coronation Starscream. Uh, this toy comes with a bunch of extra accessories. If you're familiar, it is very much the Voyager Starscream from Earthrise, and I'm going to reach over and grab him right here. He is very much the Voyager Starscream from Earthrise. There are two main differences in this figure in terms of parts and color. Um that don't detach from the figure. And the only way you can tell this figure is different from the Earthrise figures is that he has different hands. He has actually um, posable hands. The fingers move on this, whereas the Earthrise one, there is solid circle shape for that five millimeter port. Um, so he, ha he has remolded hands. And on his back, the, 
there's a panel that helps a fl uh, flip his wings over. Oh, it's actually right next to where his wings flip over. Uh, that one, it's in it's in a very uh, dark, steely, gunmetal gray. It's like an H shape. And that is the only <laughs> other difference uh, from on this toy from the Kingdom version. Now, uh, he also comes with a ton of really cool accessories, and really, that's the point of this figure. Um, if you missed out on Starscream, it was your chance to get him again. And if you already had one, it was a chance to get this giant throne that he comes with, which is super cool. Uh, I haven't had a chance to kind of tool around with it and put other figures on it. Uh, shout out to my buddy Mike Seibert, who has a uh, Starscream's throne uh, Twitter account <laughs> that he sits various figures in uh, worth checking out. But uh, the other cool thing about the throne is that it contains five millimeter ports to store all the additional accessories that come with Starscream. Now, the big accessory that comes with Starscream is a hinged plastic cape. And the hinge, you know what? I prefer this to a cloth uh, soft goods cape any day. Uh, it, it gives the vibe you want in, in robot mode. It's hinged so you can get it out of the way or make it bigger. Uh, and it just looks really good on him. You can also sneak it on him in vehicle mode, which looks ridiculous, but fun. Uh, he comes with his crown, uh, which is made to fit this head. Uh, he comes with sh uh, the, the shoulder mounts, uh, much like the coronation scene in Transformers the movie. And those shoulder mounts are awesome for two reasons. One, they, come, they latch on via 5mm port, so there's a 5mm hole on his shoulder. And these pop right into that hole uh, on a hinged piece. It's really well done. Secondly, there's another hinged piece that drops down for his new null rays. So he comes with two new null rays. He also comes with the two original null rays to the mold. So he comes with four guns, so you can really, like, arm him to the teeth if you want. But the, the two null rays that come with him have their 5mm pin on the back instead of the middle, like the original. And so what that allows you to do uh, is there is also a 5mm uh, tab with the hole in it on Coronation Starscream. And you can turn that down and then attach the new null rays there so they look like they're coming out of his uh, shoulder pads, which is exactly how they looked in Transformers the movie. Uh, overall, this is one of my uh, favorite molds uh, as a whole. Uh, I love the new Earthrise Seeker mold. I knew it's, I guess, three years old at this point. Um, and I am game for whenever they want to repaint that into other things. So, uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for that, too. I'm a sucker for a lot of things, Transformers. I know, I know. Um, overall, I would say a uh, great figure, worth picking up. Is it worth 50 bucks? Look, I paid the full price for it. Uh, I probably wish I hadn't uh, because I feel like they're going to shelf warm uh, for a bit, being that they are uh, part of that sludge wave as well as the original just Starscream wave. So if you want to take a gamble, it might come down in price in the next couple of months, especially as back to school ends and the holiday shopping season begins. So you may see it for a little cheaper than what it normally is. And uh, if you do, I'd say snag it. He's definitely worth 30, um, probably worth 40. But uh, at 50 bucks, yeah, sometimes it's a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. It depends on how badly you want the figure. I really like this Earthrise mold, so I didn't want to miss out on him. Definitely check him out. Definitely pick him up if you can. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And if you want, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, uh, it starts as little as $1 a month. It is over at patreon.com slash TFU info. Uh, you can find out all the information there and how you can be part of the Patreon and uh, how you can be one of our junior level subscribers to be uh, 
part of the feed that gets this seven figures podcast. Now I haven't figured out a, a timing on how many of these I'm going to do, but I try to do about two a month at least. Um, if, if hopefully four a month, if I can get actually open a toy a day. Uh, so they're worth checking out. They're a lot of fun. They're my thoughts on toys and just random uh, things as we go. Once again, I want to thank you for joining this five-year celebration of Transformers University. I want to thank you for being part of the program today, in the past, and in the future. Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode. But first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or send an email to info at tfu.info. Be sure to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username TFUinfo, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFUinfo, where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. So next time on the show, we're going to return to Japan and talk a few more episodes of the Headmaster's cartoon, both the original language, subtitle version, and the dub. So please join me for that. Once again, I am your host, Anthony Bercalli, owner-operator, madman behind tfu.info. Until next time, see ya.